Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe! I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi, oven mitt, Molly's right-hand gal, and expert party planning extraordinaire. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. Plus, at the end of the season, which is like very soon, we'll be using all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. In case you missed it, yesterday we released our mystery recipe reveal and shopping list episode. Yes, this shopping list will help your grown-ups have time to stock up on the ingredients you'll need to cook along with us in next week's grand finale cook-along. So, if you heard that, you probably know what this season's recipe is. And if you haven't, you should go back and listen. Like, right now, actually. Here, y- you can pause the episode here, find out what our mystery recipe is, and then uh, come on back. I'll give you a second to pause. Go ahead and uh, pause it. Pausey pause pause time. Okay. So if you're still here, then hi! And if you're just returning to this episode after pausing it, welcome back! We know things on the other side of that pause that we did not know before. Things like chicken tinga tacos! Ah! Or jackfruit tinga tacos! Or mushroom tinga tacos for our friends who prefer not to eat chicken. Both are going to be so great! I cannot wait! It's day two of corn tortilla week, and we've got a very corny episode for you today. First up, Greg is unlocking some of his nutritious potential in tricky trivia. Then we have a special guest who is going to tell us some more about the history of nixtamalization in Ask a Grown-Up. And finally, Andrea is back with another learning lesson in how-to time. With a special guest. I wonder who it could be. It's Parker! Mitzi, I know. We did this last time. I was just trying to build suspense for the listeners. Oh. Okay, well, we need a secret suspense-building signal or something then, because I am obviously not picking up what you are putting down in that department. I'm just too excited! It's Parker! Hooray! Let's cue the theme song and get to it! Tastes good. Ooh. Sounds amazing. I can't wait. Mystery recipe. So, Mitzi, why did you introduce yourself as a party planning extraordinaire this episode? Well, it's the last week of season three, which means Greg's internship is coming to a close. Ugh. That's right. He will, of course, be back next week to help us in the finale. Right. And he will, of course, be back many times after that to visit because we're close now, and he also, he better. (laughs) But since today is Greg's last episode before the finale, I wanted to throw him a big party. Oh, that sounds nice. Yes. Want to hear what I've got planned? Sure. Well, I've hired this amazing local mariachi band. They have trumpet players and guitar, and they're uh, they're very talented. And we're going to set up this big balloon drop, and then we'll have all these little noisemakers, and we can yell, surprise, and confetti will bust out. Oh, it's going to be so great. Oh, are you planning a surprise party? That sounds like 
kind of a lot of noise for me. I might have to skip out on that if it's okay with you. Greg, I didn't hear you come in. Yeah, you were excitedly talking about this mariachi band. I didn't want to interrupt you, but surprise parties are really not for me, if I'm being honest. Who's it for? I can leave a card for them. Oh, really? Well, if I'm being honest, we were sort of planning this party for you. <gasps> were you? Thanks for doing that. That's very sweet, but uh, I-, I don't know if that party suits me very well. Why is that, Greg? Well, sometimes people on the autism spectrum, like me, can become overstimulated. Overstimulated? What does that mean? Well, overstimulation is when there is too much going on for my brain to process. When there are too many things happening around me, too much noise or too many people or even too many big emotions I might be feeling at once, my brain has a hard time understanding and processing them all at once, and it can be very overwhelming. Oh, that sounds difficult. Oh, it certainly can be. Being overstimulated is almost like being in pain. People with autism might suddenly feel the need to leave an environment or a situation that is overstimulating to them. Or we may just begin to scream or cry. (laughs) That party you just described with the mariachi band and all the yelling and surprises, that sounds like a situation I would not want to be a part of. It would be too overstimulating to me. And I would probably need to leave and go to a quieter place to calm down. Huh. I'm so sorry, Greg. I was so excited to plan your party. I might not have been very focused on what you want the party to be like. I was maybe planning the type of party that I would enjoy. Aw, that's okay, Mitzi. I know you were just excited to do something nice for me. The intention was good. What else should we know about overstimulation, Greg? Well, overstimulation is different for everyone. Like we talked about earlier this season, Autism is a spectrum, and it affects everybody differently. Sounds are a big thing that might trigger overstimulation in some people. But some other things that might be overwhelming for people with autism are large groups of people or feeling lots of different emotions like you might at a surprise party. When you have good friends who are on the autism spectrum, it helps to know what might be overstimulating for them and to be understanding when they might want to leave a situation because it's just too much. I will absolutely remember that for next time. Thank you, Greg. So what kind of party would be the perfect party for you? Hmm, what a question. Well, I think something that is definitely not a surprise. With a few of my very good friends to start, ooh, maybe we can play some games like trivia and have lots of yummy food to taste and share. That sounds like an excellent party to me. Me too. Yeah, I can't wait. And it sounds like the perfect Greg party. It's important to keep your friend's interest and personality in mind when you're trying to do something nice for them. Something that's perfect for me might not be perfect for you. And I'm planning your party, not mine. Non-surprise trivia slash food party it is, Greg. I'm going to get things rolling. I'll be back. Sounds good, Mitzi. And while Mitzi does that, how about we move on to our next segment, Greg? Are you ready for this week's round of Tricky Trivia? I believe I am, Molly. Listeners, in Tricky Trivia, Molly will tell us a fact about our ingredient theme, and we get to decide if it is true or false. That's correct. Let's jump right in. Here's your first one. 
True or false, Greg, the word tortilla comes from the Spanish word torta, which means round cake. Hmm. I don't speak Spanish myself, but the word tortilla does sound a lot like the word torta. And the word torta makes me think of a tortoise, which is a type of turtle. And a turtle shell looks a lot like a round cake to me. Wow, Greg, really following those associations here. (laughs) I am, Molly. I hope it pays off. But this all seems to check out to me, so I'm going to say true. You are right. The word tortilla comes from the Spanish word torta, which means a round cake. A tortilla is sort of like a cake if you think about it. Sure, just maybe a very flat one. One that a turtle came and took a nap on. (laughs) Yes, exactly. All right, Greg, are you ready for your next question? I am ready. Here we go. There is only one color of corn that is used to make tortillas. So, Greg, is that true or false? Is there only one color of corn used to make tortillas? Hmm. Tricky, tricky, Molly. I most often see corn tortillas that are white, if I'm being honest. But there's something about your question that is making me doubt myself. You use the word only. There is only one color corn. I know lots of different fruits and vegetables come in all sorts of colors, like red, green, or yellow peppers, for example. Maybe corn is the same way. I'm going to trust my gut here and say that this one is false. That's correct, Greg. There are actually three colors of corn that are used most often in making corn tortillas. The Spanish word for corn is maize, and in Mexico, there are three main colors of maize that are used to make tortillas. Blanco, which is white, amarillo, which is yellow, and azul, which is blue. White or yellow corn tortillas are the most common, and you might see blue corn tortilla chips more often than you'll see blue corn tortillas. Ooh, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for those. Sounds delicious. They certainly are. All right, Greg, are you ready for your final question? Wow, when you say final question, this really is my final question, isn't it? This is our last week of Tricky Trivia this season. That's true. Let's take a moment and soak it all in. (sighs) Okay. (sighs) Deep breath. (sighs) Okay, I'm ready. Uh, Let's give that final question a go. Great. True or false, Greg? In the United States, February 24th is National Tortilla Chip Day. So, Greg, is this true or false? Is February 24th National Tortilla Chip Day in the U.S.? Um, that sounds amazing. True. Please let it be true. You're right. February 24th is National Tortilla Chip Day. Listeners, sometimes we use tortillas to make foods like tacos, empanadas, or tostadas, but other times we will cut tortillas into chips and fry them until they're nice and crispy. These corn tortilla chips can be enjoyed with salsa, as nachos, or just on their own, and they are especially delicious on February 24th. Really? Well, no, they taste the same every day of the year, but it's fun to celebrate National Tortilla Chip Day with a bag of corn tortilla chips. Maybe blue corn tortilla chips. Sounds good to me. Nice job with Tricky Trivia today, Greg. Thanks, Molly. I have to say, this has been my favorite segment to record all season. I love trivia and learning new things. 
It's been a blast. Hello? Chad. Hi, friends. Mitzi sent me over with an update about your non-surprise party, Greg. Oh, great. What is it? Well, she has a whole cheesecake-themed trivia game in the works with Andrea, and I was grating piles of lemon zest for the centerpiece of each table. Smells awesome in there. And the whole ATK Kids team is cooking up some lovely snacks and desserts. We can eat and play games all day. If I'm being honest, that sounds like the most amazing, non-surprise party a cheese grater could ask for. I can't wait. Me either. You've been such an awesome intern all season, buddy. I can't wait to celebrate you. But we still have some more great stuff lined up for today's episode first. That's right. And next up is a word from our sponsors. Grownups, these ads are for you. I want to tell you about our sponsor, the Kroger family of stores. Kroger's pickup and delivery options make it easy to have grocery shopping be one less thing on your to-do list. To order a grocery delivery, you can shop online for the products you need and get them on your doorstep the same day. Planning ahead? You can also choose a date and time that works for you. Or try their pickup service and pick up your order at the store you choose. Kroger Associates will even bring out your purchases and load them into your car. It's great. Available in appropriate markets only. Find out more by going to Kroger.com today. Hey, grown-ups! Today I want to tell you all about mangoes and how mangoes are a superfood. I talked to Michael Warren from the National Mango Board to find out exactly what that means. Michael, what is a superfood? A superfood is a food that will accentuate nutrition and health. And if I had my way, it would taste good as well. Why are mangoes considered a superfood? They have 20 vitamins and minerals in them. Big in vitamin C, they have vitamin Bs, vitamin A. It's a source of folate and copper. How can one fruit be both delicious and super good for you? Well, they squeezed it all into a mango. If you want to know more about what makes mangoes super, you can head to mango.org slash mystery recipe. And we're back. And with us in the studio is our friend and producer, Chad. What are we talking about today, Chad? Well, since it's corn tortilla week, I wanted to learn a little bit more about nixtamalization. Nixtamalization, as we know, is the process of breaking down corn, which is used to make corn tortillas. We've talked a lot about the science behind how this works, but I wanted to learn more about the history and the culture behind the technique. And so I talked to Andy Murphy. My name is Andy Murphy. I am the creator, the host, and the producer of the Toasted Sister podcast, which is a podcast all about indigenous food. Andy is Navajo and a food journalist in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And she recently worked with our podcast for grown-ups, Proof, on a story about her personal connection to nixtamalization. Which was an excellent episode, I can add. Grown-ups, you can head to atkkids.com slash proofpodcast to hear it. For Andy, her journey with nixtamalization started in Minnesota. The first time I saw the nixtamalization process was in the Red Lake Nation in Minnesota. That's um, one of the Anishinaabe nations in the Great Lakes area. Uh, I went to this food summit about two years ago, and I saw this boiling pot that had been 
you know, just boiling and steaming away for a long time. And I kind of went by and I and I asked them, like, hey, what's going on? This pot was filled with corn being nixtamalized. It looks like a bunch of cement in there, like a bunch of bubbling cement. And later throughout the day, I saw people kind of checking on it and stirring it. And by the end of the whole summit, I saw uh, a couple of guys draining out this whole giant pot. It's like a big witch's cauldron or something. (laughs) So I was like, oh, that is so cool. And then I bought some Hopi blue corn. (laughs) about two years ago and I didn't really know what to do with it and it just felt uh, I felt bad every time I saw it gathering dust on my pantry so I put it off for the longest time there just comes a time where you're like you know what I I gotta check that off my list it's bugging me I just gotta do it (laughs) and so Andy began learning how to nixtamalize corn at home But she didn't necessarily go the easy route. Molly, when you want to learn how to do something, what's the first place you look? The internet? Right. I would have just hopped on YouTube or something to see how to go about it, but not Andy. I could have easily went online and just maybe looked up a recipe, but for some reason that that wasn't the way for me. I wanted a person to teach me, to be my mentor, make the process that much more special, just so I know... I didn't have to look at the internet. I didn't have to, you know, panic and go to Google. I did it myself, the native way. Natives didn't have Google a long time ago. Again and again, Andy found herself making the more difficult choice. So I asked her why it was so important to her to learn this process the way it would have traditionally been done. As a as a food journalist, you know, I'm always writing about the history of native food, but, you know, very rarely do I get to actually do it. I could have went and got tortillas and just maybe talked about, oh, tortillas taste good and I'm making tacos, but I wanted to go through the whole process to do it myself. You know, it's it's a whole different way of learning when you're actually hands deep in um, a pot full of ashes and you, you're seeing the, the pericarp or the, the hulls of the corn kind of wash off into the sink. And it was also my way of sort of connecting to my indigenous ancestors. I mean, you all are probably curious about like, oh, I wonder how my ancestors did something. Let's try it. I mean, you, you you have a whole different kind of connection when you're actually doing something that connects to the past and connects to culture. You know, Native American food is it's it's part of it's part of the overall culture and identity of Native American people. It's hard for us to separate who we are, where we come from, from our food, from our language, from art and science, all of that stuff. It it should go hand in hand. And it does go hand in hand. And the work that Andy does in making her podcast, Toasted Sister, it's because she thinks learning about these things is important for everyone. For people who are not Native American, it's important to learn about, you know, Native American food and culture because, you know, the more you know, the better decisions you can make as a consumer, as a neighbor to Native American people and other kind of people, too. If you learn about East Indian food, if you learn about African-American food and Mexican food and, you know, all all of these different parts of other people's culture, it, it just makes you a more understanding, kinder person. It stops you from 
being mean to other people. I don't know. Yeah, that you know that's why it's important for all of us to focus on food. You know, food is just is just another part of our identity, and we should treat it as something important. Um, which I think we're all moving towards right now. We're all seeing the value of food and health and the culture that's connected to it, because that's a very important way to learn about people and to be like understanding of other people and to be just a good neighbor. One last question, Chad. How did her corn tortillas come out? Okay, so everybody said to me, oh, your first tortilla is going to be weird and it's going to be thick. You know, it's not going to be exactly like you're, you imagine. And I was like, no, it's not. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> I spent so much time and I like prepared. I prepared myself and took all this time to prepare. You know, sometimes the simplest recipes are just the best. I mean, this was literally just corn and salt and a little bit of water. But the nixtamalization process just like brings out the best in, in, in corn. Hands down one of the best meals I've ever had this year. But still, you know, it turned out weird and thick and delicious. Grownups, to hear more from Andy, check out her show, Toasted Sister, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, Chad. And thanks again to Andy Murphy. How's it going? It's going fine, Mitzi. How are you? I'm doing great. Just planning the perfect Greg party and having the most fun doing it. Uh, Chad, do you mind if I borrow you? Sure thing, Mitzi. I'll see you later, friends. Bye, Chad. But since I borrowed a Chad, I will bring you one Andrea as a replacement. Andrea! Hey, everyone. Listeners, Andrea is a test cook here at America's Test Kitchen Kids. That means she works on developing recipes and experiments for our cookbooks and things like the Young Chef's Club boxes. You can find out more about all that fun stuff by going to atkkids.com. This season, we wanted to help Greg work on his kitchen technique. And so each week, Andrea is going to teach Greg something new that has to do with our ingredient theme. Andrea, what are we working on today? We're going to work on how to keep our corn tortillas nice and toasty. Ooh, warm tortillas. Hmm, I never thought of warming tortillas up. I usually just take them right out of the package to make tacos with. Oh, you're in for a treat then. Warm tortillas really make a difference in the taco eating experience, in my opinion. When everything is warm, including the tortilla, the tacos just taste better. Oh man, I can't wait to try it. Let's get started. Well, before we start our lesson, we have a special guest today. It's me. Hi, Parker. It's great to see you. How have you been since the beginning of the season? I've been great. Things are going really well at the diner. So well, in fact, that I'm thinking about expanding our menu. We've been testing out some taco recipes. Chicken Tinka Tacos are our mystery recipe of season three. What a coincidence. Well, it's not that big of a coincidence, Greg. I invited Parker today because they have some first-hand experience with our technique. First and second-hand experience. Because I use both hands for this technique. I've tried a bunch of different ways to heat up the tortillas for our tacos at the diner. Are there different ways to do it? Oh, yeah. First, we tried heating them up on the stove, but that was a little dangerous. I may or may not have set a tortilla on fire, so we nixed that idea. Then we tried heating them up in the oven, but 
It seems so silly to turn on the oven just to heat up some tortillas. And not super energy efficient. That's true. I never thought of it that way. But you're right, Andrea. Anyway, the way that worked best for us almost seems the most obvious. We use the microwave. Oh, yeah. The microwave is great for heating things up. In fact, that's basically its whole purpose. Yeah, it does a great job. The only problem I haven't been able to solve is that the tortillas can get a little dried out. I think I can help with that, Parker. Really? Yep. We've done some of our own testing with warming tortillas here in the test kitchen. Of course you have. I can't believe I didn't think to ask you right away. No worries. Sometimes it's good to try things out on your own and see what works best for you. Here in the test kitchen, though, we found the same thing you did. The microwave is the easiest way to warm up tortillas, but they can get dry and sometimes even crack when you fold them around ingredients. I bet you found a way to fix it, though. We sure did. After putting your tortillas on a microwave-safe plate, we found that covering them with a damp dish towel before microwaving helps keep them moist and flexible so they don't crack. But don't they get soggy? Nope. You want the dish towel to be damp, but not soaking. If you're trying this at home, you should definitely wring your towel out after wetting it. Wow, that's genius. I can't wait to tell everyone at the diner. We can officially put our cheeseburger tacos on the menu. Cheeseburger tacos? I've never heard of a cheeseburger in a taco. We wanted to branch out with the menu, but still keep everything diner themed. So, cheeseburger tacos. Do you think that's a good idea? Or is it too weird? Oh, I think it's great. So unique. Will there be french fries on it? (sighs) I never thought of that. What a great idea, Greg. We can have a version with fries and call it the Greg. Oh, wow. A whole taco named after me? What an honor. You're having a big day, Greg. Last tricky trivia, last how-to time, and now a taco named after you? It really has been a big day. I can't wait to come to the diner and try my namesake taco. One more thing before we go. If you need to keep your tortillas warm for a long time, you can put warmed tortillas in a tortilla warmer like this one, which can keep them warm for a while. Keeps them nice and cozy. There are lots of different kinds of tortilla warmers. Some are plastic, some are ceramic or terracotta, but we like fabric ones the best here at America's Test Kitchen. If you don't have a tortilla warmer at home, I would recommend heating your tortillas up right before you're about to serve them so they'll be nice and warm. You only really need a warmer if your tortillas are going to be waiting to be filled for more than a few minutes. Woot! That was great! Thanks, Andrea. No problem. See you at your non-surprise party in a bit. Parker, are you coming to Greg's party too? Yep, I can't wait. I love to party. So, Greg, we are just about out of time with today's episode. And I just have to say thank you for such an awesome season on the show. It has been such a pleasure learning all about recipe development and food science with you. I have to say, I think you have everything it takes to be an awesome test cook and recipe developer here at America's Test Kitchen Kids. Thanks, Molly. I should thank you, too. I have learned so much about food here, and so much about myself, too. Hey, Greg! Yeah, Mitzi? 
since we're just about out of time for today's episode, how about we head on over to your non-surprise party? It's just over in the other room here. I think that sounds amazing. Follow me. And here, uh, bring that microphone so our listeners can come too. You are all invited to our special non-surprise party. Okie doke. Let's go, listeners. And here we are. Happy non-surprise party, Greg. Non-surprise. Booty woot. Molly, Andrea, Chad, what a not surprise. It's so good to see you all. We've loved working with you all season so much. I am so excited to see what's next for you. You're such a sharp and caring friend and an excellent chef, too. Speaking of, what is next for you, Greg? Well, I wasn't sure if I was ready to decide, but I think I am. I have learned so much this season from everyone. It's been really special, but... What has interested me the most is all of the amazing food science we've covered on the show. Learning about different kinds of molecules and taste receptors, thermodynamics and reduction, it's really inspired me to set my sights on becoming a food scientist. Greg, that's amazing. It's going to mean going to school for a bit longer. I'm going to learn about chemistry and biochemistry and nutrition and biology. But I couldn't be more excited. And I couldn't be more grateful to all of you for showing me that food science was a path that I could follow. Aw, Greg. Now I'm crying. (sighs) Well, I think that's a perfect plan for you, buddy. Congratulations. Yeah, I can't wait to hear all about the awesome science experiments and discoveries you make along the way. Me either, but I'm going to miss you so much. Well, I am excited to come back sometimes and share some of what I've learned, if I'm being honest. That sounds perfect, Greg, but you don't need to be too sad yet, Mitzi. We may have arrived at the end of today's episode, but we'll need lots of your help next week for our grand finale cook-along, Greg. Sounds amazing. I can't wait. Let's wrap this episode up like a burrito so we can start on cheesecake trivia. Yeah! I can't wait! Listeners, we'll be back soon with another crispy episode. We've got a doughy challenge in our pressing questions segment, followed by something funny in our wild card. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. And it's happening next week! If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And if you liked this episode, share it with a friend. Or feel free to leave us a review. We love reading them. Until then, keep Keep on on cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am a chocolate croissant. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is Eggs Benedict. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a breakfast burrito. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Anya Jeshik and Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. They are two eggs over easy with a side of corned beef hash. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a Pop-Tart. Our post-production supervisor is Jen Margolis. She's French toast. Our line producer is Diane Knox, who is also an omelet. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's two double lattes. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a blueberry pancake. 
Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, senior editors, Afton Cyrus and Ali Velez Aldifer, test cooks, Andrea Vavjin and Cassandra Laughlin, assistant editors, Katie O'Hara and Tess Berger, and assistant test cook, Kristen Bango. Andrea Vavjin was a contributing writer on this episode. James Sullivan was a consultant and contributing writer on this episode. To hear more of his work, you can check out Blue Bee TV, a video series all about explaining autism to kids. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan, Neo Sihi, and Jonathan Cormer. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger and the National Mango Board. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kits. Okay, are you ready for your first question? What type of cheese does Greg not recommend using in a cheesecake? Uh, Gorgonzola. You don't need to be a scientist to prove that one. Yeah, that was one slice of cheesecake that I'm never going to forget. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts. And we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win.